This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. And we are bringing these studies on divine healing, true and false, and we've gotten, gotten close to the end, and we're looking at the gospel. We're spending some time now bringing you some studies on just the gospel, how it's connected, and how that uh, divine healing has been uh, substituted for the gospel. And we've been talking about that for several days now. And then in our last study, we began to look there that how uh, Satan twists the scriptures. And the old trailblazer has come to you uh, showing you examples of how he does that. We looked at divine healing, how that's been twisted into believing that's the gospel. And that's, today we're looking at baptism. An individual who advocates and preaches that you have to be baptized to be saved. They preach baptismal regeneration. They put the emphasis not on blood redemption. No. The Bible says we're saved by blood and by power. It doesn't say anything about baptism, does it? But listen, they put the emphasis on baptism. They have added baptism to salvation, which the Bible knows nothing about. And to justify their stand and prove their doctrine, they twist every scripture in God's word to make it say and teach what, uh, what you have to be baptized to be saved. At the very moment that you call their attention to it, they get mad as they can be, and they'll sit down and give you a list of all the scriptures. I've had folks do that, just a litany of scriptures in the Bible on baptism, just like we don't already know those things. Any individual who preaches baptismal regeneration and gets converts, converts those not to Christ, but to baptism. And baptism becomes the basis of their assurance of salvation. Baptism doesn't save. No, baptism doesn't save anybody, never had. Christ does the saving. Christ died, not baptism. Christ pus nothing, minus nothing. Now, brother, we're going to stay right there with God's word. We're not going to deviate. We're not going to change. We're not going to wobble. I tell you oftentimes that I stake my eternal destiny on that fact. Now, let's take another example. Here is an individual who will tell you that you have to keep Saturday, the Sabbath, or you won't be saved. They'll go through the Bible and quote every scripture on the Sabbath they can find. They will turn earth, sea, and sky upside down, inside out, twist the scriptures from every angle, try to prove that we ought to worship on Saturday. And they say, if you don't, you're not saved. Their pet scripture, which they use, is one where John said, to, said where John, uh, in John, where Christ said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, he's talking to born-again believers there, and the word commandments here refers to the Word of God. And the born-again believer will rightly divide the Word of God. So when they make a convert, they convert them to Saturday and not to Christ. Oh, my friend, now that's it. They make an issue of Saturday. They make it, uh, uh, they just go to seed on that. I've often told folks around here, when I was a child coming up, young boy we lived on a farm my brother and i and my dad raised farm had a farm and, and uh we had a family moved out here in the country they were living in baton rouge they moved out here and they were seven day adventists they believed in worshiping on saturday and they were great people they were fine people clean morally clean and uh but they they observed saturday and i'd ever i was a young boy i didn't care what they were i didn't get involved in it i just knew they were a little peculiar because we didn't go to church at all so we were they were i guess you'd call it better than we were and uh 
But this man, they worked on Sunday. He, he, he raised a big garden, a farm, and uh, he would borrow our mule on Sunday. He wouldn't let us borrow his mule on Saturday, but he'd borrow our mule on Sunday. And I, I just told my dad one day, I said, that's not fair, Dad. Why? I said, our mule never does get a day off. We work him every five days a week, and we let him rest on Saturday, but he comes over here and bars it, and my dad would never refuse him. And he, he, my dad thought that was funny. He said, well, I guess that's right, but, you know, they, he need the mule. I said, yeah, but he won't let us use his mule. No. He wouldn't take you to the store on Saturday if you had a, had, had a headache and needed a pill or something. He wouldn't take you. No, sir. But listen, Daddy let him use our mule. I, I pulled mule. He, he was abused, and, and I, I felt sorry for him. But listen to me. Listen. Uh, they make Saturday the issue, not the Christ. They make Saturday the issue. I, I never heard them say anything about being saved. I never heard them say praise the Lord for salvation. I never heard those things. But I heard them talking about Saturday. I heard them talking about uh, won't eat this, won't eat that. They had a had a, some sort of a something going on that they wouldn't eat. But listen, uh, when they're converted, they're converted to Saturday, not to Christ. Saturday's not my Savior. Sunday's not my Savior. Oh, listen, remember, it's the gospel that's the power of God unto salvation to everyone believes, and the gospel is one thing and one thing only. Christ died for sinners according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures, Christ died for sinners. He was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. Not according to some old fool that called himself a prophet or something, no. And it's only good news to a guilty sinner. After the Holy Spirit had brought that sinner down, under Holy Spirit conviction. Now, folks have called me and written me, and they say, Trailblazer, what, what, what do you mean by Holy Spirit conviction? And I, I understand that because at one time I didn't know when I was young. And I just simply tell them, uh, don't be afraid of that. The, the Lord gets ready to save a sinner. Here you are, just a plain old common, uh, ordinary fellow like I was. Uh, and the Lord gets ready to save you. The Holy Spirit comes there and uh, broods over your heart. You don't know what's going on. You don't know. But he begins providentially to bring you under the preaching of the gospel or either some saint of God witnesses to you or you read the Bible and the Lord takes something home to your heart and, and the Lord shines the light of the gospel. Not a, not a light that you see over there in the corner of the room. No, I'm not talking about that. That's all of Satan. He shines the light of the gospel into your heart and lets you see, first of all, that you're a sinner. You never have seen that before. You thought you was a pretty nice old boy. But you see now that you're enmity against God, that you have no time for God, that you, in, in essence, hate God. You begin to see that. That's Holy Spirit conviction. You know, folks, today, you don't hear that in average church. No, but if you go back and read the old divines, the old Puritan preachers, the Max Shanes and the A.W. Pinks and the John Bunyans and, and uh, all of those, I can name you a dozen or two that we have here in the bookstore. You go read those, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, you go read those, and you, every now and then you'll come across a, a verse, uh, a, a passage, where they talk about the Spirit convicting them of sin. That's what we talk about here. You, 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 you're never going to convict yourself. It's an outward work, my friend. It's not an inward work. It's an outward work. 
The Holy Spirit is an outside influence that comes there and awakens that soul. It's been sleeping. It's dead in trespasses and sin, and it's, a, it's asleep in the lap of Satan. I often tell you, the Scripture says we are asleep in his lap, and folks are asleep there now. Day by day, they're asleep there. They don't know it. And I tell you, if you hear in the old trailblazer, wake up, wake up, you're going to hell, wake up. You say, that's cruel, trailblazer. No, that's not cruel. If the Lord would stir your heart and let you begin to say, well, I wonder if that old trailblazer knows anything about what he's talking about. Does he got any sense at all? He tells me that you've got to be awakened to your lost condition before you can ever get saved. And I never have been awakened. All I did was shook the preacher's hand. Is that salvation, trailblazer? No, sir. I tell you emphatically, without a shadow of a doubt, that that's not salvation. That's a trick of Satan. That's one of the greatest boondoggles that he ever pulled on poor soul. It's to let some pastor, some highfalutin, uh, theologically uh, uh, taught, uh, high-rolling evangelist to tell you, come on down the aisle and shake my hand and you'll be saved. That's a lie to hell, my friend. Listen. The scripture says in Ephesians 2, 1, or 1, 2, I'm not sure. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Do you believe honestly in your soul that shaking some evangelist's hand or shaking some poor boy's hand is salvation? Oh, well, I made a decision for Jesus. What, what, in, what is that? What is that? What is that? The Bible said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What is truth? Truth is that Christ died. Not some preacher's hand. No, no, not some preacher's hand. I've heard these late-night preachers go to seed on that, and they ask you to, to pray this prayer with them, and they recite some little prayer, and, uh, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, I, uh, I'm sorry I've sinned. Would you save a sinner like me? Uh, amen, amen. And they said, now you save. Now, you saved. You saved now. You saved. Brother, you want to go out into eternity on that? When your eyes close in death, do you want to go out into eternity there? Did you know you're going to die one day? One day your eyes are closed in death. This might be the last message you ever hear. I wish you'd think about it. Your soul is at stake, my friend. What are you resting on? Are you resting on a solid foundation? You know that song we sang? On Christ a solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. You remember the story in the Bible where the two builders built their houses? One of them dug down deep and dug onto the solid foundation. The other one made his house out there on the sand like they have down here on the beach. In uh, Louisiana and Mississippi and uh, Alabama, have a pretty sandy beach, and I can just envision this old boy scraping back the little grass and stuff, building his house right there on that sand, and that first little wave it come in, little storm, little hurricane, it just washed all that sand out. Like the, like the house that the three little pigs built. One of them used that straw, and all of a sudden, the old wolf come along. That's what happened, my friend, the old devil. That's the wolf. He come along that, and blow that house away. My friend, you got to dig down deep and find that sure foundation. On Christ, a solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. It don't matter. All that ground of baptism, all that ground of divine healing, all that ground of speaking in tongues, all of that is sandy foundation, my friend. It won't hold. It won't hold. We have a song, Will Your Anchor Hold? Will your anchor hold, my friend? What is your anchor? Is it a decision for Jesus? 
Is it, is it because you go to a big church and the pastor recognizes you when you come in and shakes your hand and say, we're glad to have old brother Joe with us today? My friend, that's not a, that's not a sound, solid foundation. That's just pride. Oh, pride. You know, religious people are the most proudest people in the world. I know. I've been to I've been to some services when folks on Easter Sunday they'll come first time they've been there in a year and they'll put on the biggest hat and the high heel shoes and a big corsage on their bosom and walk down the aisle like there's somebody come. That's pride, my friend. All that'll wind up in hell. Did you know that? Did you know that God hates pride? He'll come down. He'll come down. He'll it'll all come down, my friend. And the sooner the better. I wish you'd think about your soul. Old Trailblazer is not mad with anybody. I just, I just, I just long to hear from some of you and tell me that you uh, want to know the Lord and that you see your, uh, you see the error of your ways that you've been caught up in this divine healing stuff, and you see now that it's all of Satan. It is. It is the preaching of divine healing as a gospel is of Satan, my friend. I don't care what you say. The Lord never told us. He told us to preach the gospel. In, in over there in Timothy, he said, preach the gospel, be instant in season and out season, out of season, reprove and reprove, rebuke with all long sober. And that's what the old trailblazer does. Gets me in hot water sometimes because I step on folks' toes, but that's what the Lord tells me to do with all long suffering. So this is the old trailblazer. Remember my mailing address, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my website, radiomissions.org. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you.